morning, church. I hope that uh, all of us who are seated here, you have your booklets with you. If you have not got a booklet, just raise your hand wherever you are seated. Ben and Daniel is standing at the back. If you do not have a pen with you, they have extra pens there. So if you can just raise your hand, they will make sure that you get a pen, a booklet and a pen. And when you get your booklet and your pen, our encouragement is that you would also write down so that this will stay with you during the week. It will help us in our cell groups during our time of discussion and also uh, as we personally look through the Word of God uh, when we are in the book of Genesis chapter 1. The PDF has been sent in the groups for those of you who are at home. You can even use that PDF also. Now imagine we are all living in the biblical times. Imagine we are right now in the biblical times. And imagine instead of our cars, we all drove up to the temple in our bullockarts. Or imagine if some of us walked the whole way from home to come and worship Yahweh, this God. And imagine we were living biblical times under the rule and the reign of a king, King Paul. But unlike this Paul who's sitting here with us, the kings who were there at that time, during the biblical times... They considered themselves to be gods. The kings who were in authority thought of themselves in the position of gods. They were the ones who ruled over the people. They were the ones who told the people what they needed to do. These kings who thought of themselves as gods were the ones who even defined what was good and evil. Now these kings would often make statues of themselves and they would call these statues idols or images. And the reason why these images were made was so that the people would look at these idols and worship. Now this is where the people of Israel were different. This is how the first five books of the Bible lays down the foundation of their faith and our faith. Why? Because the people of Israel, the first five books, commands them specifically not to make any images or idols. They were not to have any graven image of a god or any god for that matter. In fact, this was part of the ten commandments that you see in the Old Testament. Do you remember that? If you were to turn to Exodus chapter 20 and verses 4, it says, You shall not make for yourself... An idol in the form of anything in heaven, above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down or worship them. Now, throughout the Old Testament, not just the Old Testament but the New Testament, the Bible, God hated idol worship. That was not something that he could stand. But that was not the only thing. People were not supposed to make idols or images of God. Because God had already made images of himself. I'll say that again. People were not supposed to make images of God because God has already made images of himself. Now who that? When did he do that? That is you and me. That's what the Bible tells us. Well, when did, when, when did God actually do that? The book of Genesis chapter 1 and the portion that Kevin read for us, verses 26 to 31, allows us to understand this fact. And we are going to talk today about creation and us. 
creation and us. So here is my main point and you can write that down in your note. I want all of us to carefully pay attention. This is the main point of what we are going to discuss. We are fashioned in his image. We are formed in his likeness and that is to fulfill God's purposes. Why did creation take place? Why did God create man? It is because we are fashioned in his image. We are formed in his likeness and that is to fulfill God's holy purposes. Now the last time when Ravent was speaking from God's word, he took us through creation and God. And we went through the first five days of creation. Can we recollect what was created on what day? Well, maybe that is something we can discuss during our weekly cell group, right? It will be good for us to go back and refresh our memory as to what was created on what day. So that we can go back and understand what was exactly created by God. But for today, we are going to look at Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 31. And I want to highlight three important aspects from this portion. It's there as point A, B and C and it is put only half. You have to complete the rest. There are three things that I want to quickly share from this portion. Number one, the image of God reveals who God is. The image of God reveals who God is. We look into the Bible. When we look at Genesis 1, 26 to 31, the image of God that is mentioned there, it reveals to us who God is. Now look into your Bibles. Verses 24 and 25, we are on day 6 of creation. This is the last day, but it is the most important day. And on day 6, what takes place is that from the ground God called and out came every land creatures. Every land creatures came out of the ground at the command of God. And then you come to verses 26 and this time God makes it personal. Isn't that so? How does God make it personal? In what way? Well, when you see chapter 1 and verses 26 and 27, there it says, so God created man in his own image and likeness. Now, please notice this. Circle this word if you want. God created man in his own image and likeness. God created. Man is the product of the creation of God. That is what the word of God says. You know, a detailed description about this act is seen in chapter 2 and verse 7. And notice this word also there. It says, then the Lord God, and can you look at your version and tell me, the Lord God, what did he do? He, he formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. So notice the two words that we just saw. God created man. Not only that, God formed man. Now the term formed gives us the picture of an artist sitting on his stool and shaping a pot from clay. It is that person giving form to something that was never there before. Probably you and I can look at that lump of clay and say, what will this be? But it is that artist who has that picture in his mind and he forms every delicate detail. That is what created, that is what formed actually means. You and I were created and formed by God. It is in this same way God gave shape to the form of man. Beautiful, isn't it? Now, when was the last time you and I looked at the mirror and said, wow, God did a pretty awesome job? When was the last time? Or do we look at 
hairs that are missing on our head. I miss Pradeep right now. And a lot of other things. And do we say, well, I don't like myself the way I am. No. That's not what the Bible reminds us. God did that in a particular way because he saw that it is indeed good. And when God drew that image onto the ground and when God breathed into that image, man became a physical being with a spiritual spirit, a soul. That is what defines us to become a living being. Beautiful, isn't that? So let me quickly highlight three simple things for us to understand. Number one, man was created by God. We in no point in time evolved. Even though that's what the world would actually say. In no point in time did you and I evolve. We did not come other organisms. We were created by God. Man was formed by God. That means our image was fashioned by him. And when it says that man was breathed into by God, it means that our very breath and our very life, it comes from God himself. Brothers and sisters, I want to remind all of us, encourage all of us this morning that we are the crown of his creation. We are the crown of God's creation. And it's high time that you and I start understanding and living our lives based on this knowledge. That when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we ought to understand we are God's supreme creation. We are God's supreme creation creation. Now a godly response to this understanding would be to echo the psalmist who in Psalm 139 and verses 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So what does it mean to be fearfully and wonderfully made? You know, when I marvel at the way I have been made, when I'm in awe of the knowledge of who God is and what God has done, I will then praise God fearfully and be amazed at His wonder in creating me. I was not made by God to be feared by others. No, I was not created by God to be feared by men. No, I was created so that in turn I will fear whom? The one who actually made me. And the way in which he made me will create wonder within me. Look at the bodies that we have. Look at every intricate details that is there in our body. And we will begin to understand the wonderful way in which God has actually created you and me. But I also want to remind us from God's word that man is not the only thing God breathed into and brought to life. Man was not the only thing that God breathed into and brought to life. If you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 16, there it says, All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now please notice this verse. The word God breathed there, is it means inspira inspiration, inspired by God. That means the word of God is without error. It was breathed by God, brought to life. Now what does that mean? Now it shows us that God was the one who worked in the hearts of man to write his word which then became alive. So that today anyone who possesses the word of God, reads the word of God, they also will become alive. 
because it was God breathed. Now, notice what that verse says. Because it was God breathed, it is useful. It is useful, made useful by God. But notice what it says in verses 5. It is also able to make one wise for what? Salvation. The word of God, which is God's truth, which is made alive, is able to make any person wise for salvation. And salvation is through faith in Christ Jesus. When God created man, we reveal who God is. That is what we saw. The first, that is the first point that we are seeing. The reason as to why God created us is so that we will reveal who God is. Now listen to me carefully. We are not gods because we've been created by God. We are not gods. And that was not the intention with which God created. We are a reflection of God's authority, rule, responsibility in this world. Please write this down. What does it mean when it says that God created us? We are a reflection of God's authority, rule, and responsibilities in this world. That means just like how God has authority, God has a rule in this world, and God fulfills his responsibility. When God created man, we do that as a reflection of who God is, so that by that, people see us and know and understand who God is. Now, just as how God has authority over the whole world, just as how God rules and decrees, just as how God fulfills his responsibilities, man is also supposed to have the same dominion. We see that in Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. Isn't that true? God made man, God did not tell man, you know what, now it's on your own. No, he said, I want you to do certain things. I want you to rule and subdue the earth. Authority. I want you to rule the earth. I'm going to bring all the animals and you are going to look at these animals and you are going to give them a name. I'm going to give you all of these plants, these vegetables, these fruits. You are going to till the ground, duties. And all of this dominion has been given to man when God created him in his image and likeness. But something happened because of which the dominion is no longer under mankind. And that brings us to our second point for this morning. Well, it is true that the image of God reveals who God is. But number two, I want us all to understand that the image of God was ruined by sin. The image of God was ruined by sin. Now, before we get to that, as we were talking about the fact that man was created in the image and likeness of God, what does that mean? Now let me simplify it for us so that we can clearly understand. Image and likeness, simply put, means that you and I have been created in a way, now listen, to be able to relate with, communicate with, and express ourselves to God. That's what image and likeness simply means. God created us in a way, in his image and likeness, which means God created me in a way by which I can relate to, communicate with, and express myself to who God is. That is what image and likeness simply means. Now, let me give you another understanding. To be created by God in his image means to share certain attributes of God. But those attributes of God is there in me with certain limitations. I don't have it to the full extent like how God has those attributes. 
Now listen to me carefully. To be created by God means to have certain attributes of God, like, you can write this down, life, knowledge, emotions, free will, wisdom, love, holiness. But as I reminded, these come with limitations. Let me explain that. Like God, Adam had life, right? But unlike God, Adam had a beginning. That's a limitation. God always existed. Adam was created. That's the limitation. Like God, Adam had knowledge when he was created and understanding. But unlike God, he did not know all things. He did not know everything. And that is why years and years and generations later, we are sent to school by our parents to learn and understand and gain knowledge. Like God, Adam had free will. He had the ability to make choices and Adam chose to disobey God and fall into sin. When God created man in his own image and likeness and when God gave man the choices to make, Adam and Eve chose to disobey and you and I, born through Adam, have been born in sin. Now listen to me very carefully. The Bible very clearly teaches us that sin did not destroy the image of God. No, it is not something that can be destroyed, but it has now marred the image. Marred or it has broken the image of God in which God created man. Now what does the word marred actually mean? Now when you, listen, when you hear the word marred or what sin has done to the image, think of this picture. It is not clear what is on the other side of the picture any longer. That is what sin has done to the image of God. Once upon a time, Adam could see everything clearly. But now sin has marred that image in which man was created. Things are no longer clear for us. Let me give you another image that will better make us understand. It has broken it is not destroyed, but the image of God has been broken. It cannot function at, as it used to function earlier. And now because of sin, remember what we said before? We no longer desire to communicate with God, relate ourselves to God, or even express ourselves to God. Well, if God created us with knowledge, because of sin, there are things that I can learn that is healthy, but I often use my knowledge to learn things that are unhealthy. That's what sin does. Emotions. Well, God always emotes in a healthy, holy way. But don't you and I lose control of our emotions and we get angry. That is sinful. And anger turns to wrath. Sinful. Sin has caused that image to be marred. What do you and I do with our free will today? We know that our free will is given to us by God to make good choices. But most of the time we end up doing things that are unholy, ungodly and sinful. We no longer desire to relate or communicate with and express ourselves to who God is. Look at what the Bible says, brothers and sisters. Romans chapter 3 verses 10. As it is written, there is no one righteous, no one uh, no, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. Romans chapter 3 verse 23. 
for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of man all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god now listen to me sin hinders man from accepting god as his creator and instead it deceives man with false ideas such as evolution the big bang and other illogical explanations about the beginning of life and the meaning to life and the purpose of life but can i ask all of us a question have you come across someone who 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 gives the place of creation to something else other than god do you have a friend who does not believe in the bible do you have somebody working with you in your office in your schools maybe somebody on the road that when you spoke to them about god and creation and they had no place for god or creation in their heart well how do we behave with such people isn't it true that because of this understanding of god's word we sometimes think that we are far greater than them and isn't that wrong and sinful remember what did what did we study when it says the image of god was created so that we would reveal who god is well that is a learning point for you and for me because it is sin that hinders man from accepting god as his creator not only not accepting god as his creator but creating false ideas such as evolution and big bang sin now also hinders me from accepting you the way say it the way you are and i then now begin to create standards in my mind and unless ebi john paul or or, or preeti reaches my human standard i will not talk i will not converse or even desire to have fellowship that is what sin does to the image and likeness of god and isn't that true i then only talk to certain people and because of sin i not only pull myself down we pull ourselves down we pull each other down we begin to hate each other we begin to hate who we are and isn't it true that sin that has marred our image is reflected in the way we treat one another listen to these words and tell me if you can associate yourself with it partiality favoritism sarcasm bullying etc are all different forms of abuse that sin causes within us and that is very much prevalent inside of the church as well true do you struggle with this i know i struggle with this James chapter 3 and verses 9 very clearly tells us with the tongue we praise our lord and father and with it we curse men who have been made in god's image and likeness the image in which man was created which has been corrupted by sin is a heavy it takes a heavy toll on humanity today but the beauty of god's word in genesis chapter 1 is that it is being transformed and will one day be complete completely restored by the lord jesus christ that's a beautiful lesson for us to learn from genesis chapter 1 and it says that the image of god reveals who god is and that the image of god was marred by sin number 3 the image of god is being and will be restored by jesus 
Well, the only way how anyone who has been marred by sin can be restored is through the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, there is no other way. It is through the gospel. There is no other way. The gospel not only saves us from the penalty of sin, but it is also a daily reminder that we are being restored each and every day. But why are you and I being restored each and every day by the gospel? We are being restored each and every day to look more like the Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we know that this work of transformation is taking place in our mind? Very simple. When we go back to our homes, go to the brightest mirror that we have in our house, look at that mirror and whose image should you actually see? The image of Christ. That is when we know how much of transformation is taking place. Well, well, Jobin, when I look at the mirror, I know what you're saying sounds fancy, but how is that practical? Well, go and ask our spouse. Children, ask your parents if you look like Christ. Parents, ask our children. Brothers, ask your sisters. Sisters, don't fight with your brothers, but ask them. Do I look like Christ to you or am I still looking like Jobin. That's how we understand work of transformation taking place in our lives. It not only saves us from the penalty of sin, we are being restored each and every day to look like the Lord Jesus Christ and that also gives us this hope. This morning we heard about the hope. What is our hope? Our hope is that we are looking forward to that day when Jesus will completely restore our image. <laughs> That is the most beautiful truth that we can hear from God's word. That one day our image will be fully restored. The word of God in Colossians chapter 1 verses 15, it says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. That Jesus is the image of the invisible God. But let me explain that. Now, Jesus did not share the image of God like you and me. No. It does not mean that Jesus is created. When it says that Jesus is the image, Jesus is God. We were reminded of that this morning. And Jesus now reveals the Father to the world through him. Well, how did Jesus do that? Well, Jesus took on himself human flesh, came into this world by which God, who is invisible, is made visible through the Lord Jesus Christ. It was Jesus who is God who came into this world and took on himself human flesh so that when people look at Jesus, they will see God. Remember how it says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 5, but a body you prepared for me. It talks about the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this incarnation was done by Jesus to fulfill the will of the heavenly father. Now, notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 10. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. I want you to notice this verse. And I want you to listen carefully. When any image-marred, sin-born person realizes their helplessness and willing to receive the Lord Jesus... All you need to do is believe in the work of Christ on the cross and believe in him as your personal Lord and Savior. And if there is anybody sitting here this morning listening to me for the very first time from God's word or you've heard this so many times before and you've yet not placed your faith 
I want you to take a moment and think of your relationship with Christ. If you are living without Christ, the gospel is knocking at your door. It is asking you to open the door, believe in Jesus so that you can become his child. And by this genuine act of repentance, any person, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 17, they can become a new creation. That is what the gospel does. And if there is any of you who have not yet accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, would you be willing to stay back and talk to any one of us after the meeting? We would love to help you and we would love to pray for you. But just look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 10. As we just saw, Christ did not save us from the penalty of sin so that we can live our lives however we want to live. But Christ saved us and is restoring so that you and I will be made holy. You and I will be made holy. But Jobin, this is so difficult, sometimes impossible. And I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I too feel because of the temptations, the daily struggles and the effects of being marred by sin. And that is the reason why you and I daily need to look forward to that day when Jesus will return and when Jesus returns, he will completely restore the image in which we were originally created. That's the hope that we have. Every day when we wake up and if you and I are struggling and are not happy with the person that we see in the mirror, let us look forward to the hope of Jesus coming and restoring us. And when Jesus is coming back into this world, all that Jesus wants us to do is to become holy. Take one small step at a time. And can I ask us as a church, is God patient with us? Yes or no? Yes, he is. And all that God wants us to do is to take one small step each and every day. He knows it is difficult because he went through the same temptations when he was on this earth, right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18, Caleb reminded us this verse, right? And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now listen to me. This salvation experience and the work of Christ allows us to display the fruit of the Spirit each and every day. When we walk with the Lord, meditate on his word, starve the desires of the flesh, and when we strive to become holy, we are progressing, growing to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, that does not mean that because Christ's work on the cross has finished it all, that I just sit on my sofa. No, you and I need to take those steps. Read, meditate, pray. We might fall, we pick ourselves up, we come to the cross, and then we do the same things over and over again. When we do it until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Jobin, what will happen when Christ returns? In 1 John chapter 3 and verses 2. It's a beautiful verse. Look at what the verse says. Dear friends, now we are the children of God. And what we will be has yet not been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Now, brothers and sisters, family of CBF, please look at this verse. We are the children of God. Now, can I ask all of us a question? Does our daily struggle... 
remove us from becoming the children of God. Yes or no? Well, it doesn't. Irrespective of what happens, we continue to remain a child of God. And we will be his child. We are looking forward to his, uh, his appearing. And what will happen when he comes? We will be purified on the inside. When will that take place? What does it say according to this verse? When we shall. Wow. Have you ever thought about that? What it would mean to look at the face of Jesus. When Sujay was standing here, when, when Sujay was exhorting, that was the same thought that he exhorted, right? Jesus is not an ordinary person, right? He is the king. And beholding the king, this powerful person, he is so powerful that just by looking at him when he comes, you and I will be transformed. Our inward purification, the restoration of the image that was marred will be complete. When? The moment we see Jesus. Brothers and sisters, this is our hope. In fact, this is the only hope that we have. And so, in the light of what we heard this morning, how shall we encourage one another? And what shall we do on the basis of what we have heard from God's holy word? Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now the word workmanship in this passage means masterpiece. Please write that down. Workmanship means masterpiece. So that when God drew on the ground, the image and the likeness, when he formed the fingers, when he made the head, when he, when he put in the works of the tongue, the heart, the lungs and all that, he created a masterpiece. And you and I have no right to put ourselves down because we've been created by God. Neither do you and I have the authority to put anybody else down. Because they are also the masterpiece of God. Why? Because we have been created in Christ Jesus for his purpose to do good works. Now one thing, this does not mean because we were created by God, we, were, we are created to do works for God. No, we can never do anything that God would be happy with. Because we are still in our fallen nature, right? We can only do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. But it means to allow now God to work in and through our lives. But what does it really mean when it says that God created us to do good works for which Christ beforehand prepared for us? Maybe that's a good discussion we can have during the week. And as we close, a reminder again from God's word from Genesis chapter 1. We are fashioned in his image. We are formed in his likeness to fulfill his purposes. Shall we pray? Our gracious God, our loving and our living heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, only because of whom such access has been made possible. We thank you for the sacrifice that you have given to us and by which we could partake of these emblems, the reminder of your body and blood shed for wretched sinners like us. We thank you for the reminder from God's word that we have been created in your image. And Lord, we thank you for reminding us that you created us to reveal who you are. Not that we are gods in flesh, but we want to fulfill 
and show the world your authority, your rule and to fulfill our responsibilities. But Lord, we accept and confess that sin has marred that image. And Lord, it is very difficult and we confess that we fall short. We've fallen short so many times. But we thank you that we are being restored and we will be restored at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the continual work of Jesus on the cross by which he mediates so that there's forgiveness at the cross. And Lord, we look forward to that day of your coming. When we see you, we will be like you. And Lord, we know that today can be that day. And Lord, if it is your desire, would you come? Because we want to see you as you are. But Lord, if you choose to tarry for reasons known only to you, we pray that each of us would live lives pleasing to you on the basis of what we've heard from God's word. Take all the glory, Father. Even in creating us, take all the glory. Because that is our desire. And all this we ask in the name of our Lord and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm.